At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. My sweet coffee dots, happy mental health month. October is all about mental health, which is why I will scream this from the rooftops that therapy should be accessible and affordable, which is why I love better help. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's like, you know, a dating app. You just swipe left and right and find someone that matches for you. I freaking love my therapist and other licensed professional counselors on BetterHelp specialize in things like depression, stress, anger, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. And my therapist, she even does like really witchy astrology shit that I love. I mean, I cannot scream it loud enough, y'all. You need to be using BetterHelp because I do this all from the comfort of my home. I wrap myself up in a safe cocoon blanket nest and I do my therapy exactly how I need it. And I want you, my sweet confidants, to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash CI. I want you to join over one million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash CI. Cause you know, everyone should be in therapy. I always say that. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So don't worry. We got you, baby. Use BetterHelp. I am so excited, so, so, so excited for this episode, more so than normal episodes, and that's not to knock other episodes. I'm just really jazzed about this episode for many reasons. One, we're in the midst of Mental Health Month, baby. Welcome October, spooky season, witchy season, and mental health season. Number two, this episode deals with that that intersection of what mental health role plays when we are dealing with a subject that is so close to me and I know so close to you, dear confidants, because we've got a lot of spoonies in the audience, uh, chronic pain. And number three, we're dealing with it in a modality of something I've been talking a lot about lately, but again, don't feel like I know enough about that is the whole point of this, uh, podcast is it's a podcast, where we're absolutely sure we don't know everything. So I brought someone here who does know a lot more on the subject matter. We are talking about Scylla, Cybin, and chronic pain. And I am so excited to welcome the founder of the Illusionia retreat down in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, my friend. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm super excited to be here. You, okay, I know you're not going to like this, so I'm just going to, I'm going to get it out of the way. There's been a hit TV show on Hulu called Nine Perfect Strangers about Nicole Kidman taking a bunch of rich people to the woods to dose them on a bunch of shit and it solves all their problems. And then I was like, I wonder if this exists for chronic pain. And it's not how I found your site, but... I eventually found my way to your retreat and I got to ask, what do you think about that show? 
as a real life uh, Masha. <laughs> I started watching it and I had to rage quit. I, I think I made it to the, the part where the lady passed out into her oatmeal and, <laughs> and that was it for me. Yep. Yeah, that, that was it. I was done. Uh, it's entertainment, right? Yeah. It is not true to. I, I was not entertained. Maybe I'm uptight. I don't know. Like I am the most well, uptight jungle no. guru that you have ever, you've ever met. That's. Well, you're living the real life version of it. So I imagine to see this like parodied horror, uh, like thriller version of it was probably not ideal. No, it was, it was not ideal. It's also, I mean, the, the imagery was beautiful. There's some oh, yeah. things that they got perfectly right. I got Ooh. some like great ideas. I love the, the singing bowls. The, the architecture was beautiful. Yeah. I, I really liked it. Um, but yeah, there's some points like the idea of dosing somebody with a, a substance with, without their knowledge was mm. completely off. Right. Some of the scenes of the way they showed what the actual effects of the substance looked, I mean, mm. what it looked like was completely off. Ah. I, yeah, I was, I was not, a, I was, it was a strange juxtaposition of being both a fan and mm. violently not a fan. Right. Yeah. And I, I think I like forgot about the dosing aspect of it once it was more character and story driven. And then I kept having to come back to like, oh wait, this is illegal. Like what she's doing and like locking people highly in unethical. rooms, highly unethical, giving it a bad name, but, and this is me being devil's advocate. I'm glad we're talking about the idea of plant medicine for alternative functionalities, uh, specifically your specialty within chronic pain. Um, so I'd love to hear like the trash, everything you've heard about nine perfect strangers and give me like what you do and what the retreat is. Well, that show was really focused on the idea of like mental health, people fixing, uh, ideas trauma. of things going trauma, things going wrong in their life. Um, I remember my first knee jerk reaction was, oh, there's something up with those smoothies. <laughs> oh yeah. The blend you can't share them. You can't share them. Yeah. Flow They're formulated specifically for you. Don't share them. They're very pretty. Mm -hmm. They're they're They look delicious, right? Oh yeah. I was drinking a smoothie every time I watched it. I was like, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Well, and then later, later when it was revealed, there was something in the smoothies. There was like, oh, wow. I mean, when, when, when we dose with psilocybin, there's, we actually fast for some time before taking in the psilocybin because um, when you take it with food, there is, I mean, it mm. does slow absorption and could actually contribute to feelings of nausea. So there's like, oh, total rookie move. Totally <laughs> I wouldn't do that at all. If you want someone to be comfortable, mm. nah, no food. Yeah. Yeah. So they mm -hmm. didn't get some of the more specific. It, it seems like they could have used a consultant perhaps on that show to, uh, oh, but there are some things they got. So, so, so right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe some of the writers had experienced it personally. Maybe, I wonder. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the, the whole format of, of our retreat is not really based on having a like an intense psychedelic experience but like the purpose of of um like like what that retreat is based on like it's it's more of we do a training retreat so that someone can learn how to use these substances mm. for themselves um, so it. we have a retreat where someone learns how to 
meditate through a an intense psychedelic experience and then they also learn how to grow mushrooms for themselves and it's all a training retreat so that they can learn to incorporate this into their pain management um i mean basically back at home right so the whole idea of being dosed without your knowledge and all of the I mean, all that, it doesn't really fit into that. The kind locking of- people in the rooms thing is where I was like, oh, fuck no. Like I'm claustrophobic. I'm a control freak and you're going to lock me in or absolutely not. And are there are there um, real parts of of what that experience looks like in terms of like staff? Like, do you have people that work at the retreat that do certain jobs and facilitate certain parts of the psychedelic experience? Yes. I mean, yes, we do. And nobody is is wandering around alone uncir- un- unsupervised right. like like in that show that's one part that just gave me a, a large amounts of anxiety too many cliffs and waterfalls i was like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, too many cliffs and waterfalls which looked like a lot of fun just not under the influence no. and yeah um so in general under the types of doses that we use, people are not necessarily ambulatory. They're not walking around in, in general. And they're, um, they're supervised on the way on like little bathroom breaks. They are, mm-hmm. they're walked around and they're not like just wandering around blowing bubbles. I mean, <laughs> that, that part looked a little bit fun. It did look a little, I was like, okay, that's wait, interesting. Wait, before I out myself, my husband did watch the whole show uh. and I may have popped in and like, looked a few minutes at a time, yeah, yeah, yeah. rage quit, yeah. walk away back and forth. It, it was, yeah. That I just, I have to imagine that that's like watching somebody try and like portray a version of your, like a autobiography or something, you know, like on TV where you're just like, it's nothing. I did not agree to have this information out into the world this in this capacity. But I mean, you, if you go to the Illusionia retreat website, you see this gorgeous, uh, house on like a gorgeous property with super cozy looking beds and uh, like group rooms and there's a pool and it looks very fancy I'll say um, and you're going for an experience that is dealing with subject matter that is like very not fancy like it's very awful for so many people to make the experience be cozy and comfortable and feel um, safe, I have to imagine is, is like a big part of getting anyone to even be interested in, in coming to a retreat like this. Yeah. The, I would say the experience itself gets about as gritty as the individual's situation, mm. because we have, it, we have visitors that come for different reasons, whether they're looking for like just to expand their meditation practice, which that's not necessarily on the gritty side. And then we also have visitors that are dealing with some of the most painful conditions that are, I mean, that a human being can experience. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that does get quite gritty. Yeah. Intense. And uh, spoiler alert, you and I had talked prior to recording this episode, because I was actually super interested in hearing about the retreat just for myself, um, with, you know, the audience knows all of the stuff that I deal with and and live with. And it just, I've, you know, kind of told you already that like, I feel like I've been through all of what Western traditional medicine has to offer. 
I'm signed up for every experimental treatment. I've been to all of the best of the best in the country. And yet here I am still on my own, having to do my own research about like places I can go in the jungle to <laughs> do mushrooms, uh, to try and find a new sort of breakthrough in my, my pain experience. Um, do you find that the reason why you created this retreat was because you found similar experience of just people are kind of over the traditional stuff? Well, I, I created it really because it's what it's what I, I I created the 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 retreat just because when I had a similar experience it's what I felt like I I needed for myself mm. um I developed a condition called hemicrania continua mm. it's a word. it's a side locked headache constant unremitting headache mm. um it so it's on the I mean the right side of my head and it pretty much just derailed my life at, mm. at one point. And um, it belongs to a family of headaches that is relatively known to respond to psilocybin. There's mm. another type of headache called cluster headaches that Ooh. does. Yeah, that does we know that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a doozy, right? Yeah. And cluster headaches do respond pretty well to psilocybin. And I had this idea that well, maybe because they have other things in common, maybe I should try psilocybin and, and see if it works. And when I went looking to see, because I was in my late thirties and I thought I didn't have friendships or contacts really that, oh, I could say, oh, I want to try some mushrooms. Let's do it. <laughs> How do I get that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have those kinds of relationships at that point. And so I, I looked into retreats and it was just a, a lot of metaphysical hippie stuff that yep. I felt that just wasn't going to work out for me. I felt like yep. I was, it just didn't make me comfortable. Yeah, a I lot felt, of green juice and white people. A lot of green juice and white people. And I felt like the first time that one of those hippies was going to just say, if I was going to be puking and, and they were going to tell me, okay, just puke out all that bad energy. I, I was going to body slam somebody. Cause that, that, that was just my personality. That was, and you're a girl of like science. What I've learned from these conversations yes, we've had. I, I am a skeptic, uh, yes. a, an aggressive skeptic. Mm. And, and I was going to, get aggressively skeptic all over those hippies and those retreats. And, <laughs> and it was, it was not going to be pretty. Yeah. So you're like, I can't do this. Bullshit. Could not do this. I, I was gotta not make going my to own. Do it. Yeah. Well, I had to do it on my own first mm. to see if it was going to work and it did work. And I got, I got, I got my health back and wow. it worked out well. And I started thinking, well, I have, these contacts and it seemed like it was something that was relatively easy for me to put together. Mm. I had, I had worked for several years in the past in Mexico. I had these friendships and contacts and everything all the universe kind of set that up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I even had contacts with a, you know, a few Oaxacan friends. I don't know if you're familiar with the history of, of the Not magic enough. mushroom. Not, Not enough. enough as I should be for what I'm doing and talking about. <laughs> well, um, okay. So the, I mean, back to the original story of uh, the, the magic mushroom is that 
it, they've been used safely and uh, effectively in multiple indigenous cultures throughout uh, Central and, and South America. And uh, originally we, we pretty much appropriated them. Yeah, and them. we're really good at that. That's what yes, they got. Yes, we are. <laughs> and the the original uh, the original uh, indigenous person that introduced us to them was uh, Maria Sabina, which is strange. She's from Oaxaca. Mm -hmm. um, and so what what we do at the retreat is we try to keep those same, that same vein. So there are like several pillars to what we do is, and there's like a, like a pillar of like, um, sort of a, like an indigenous uh, spirituality to it. We brought that in. Then we also have a, like a, a, a set of, um, like a physical therapy type of mm. pillar that's brought mm. in where we mm. do everything from if someone is dealing with uh i don't know if you're familiar with phantom limb pain oh yes uh-huh yeah they have certain physical therapy exercises that are related to that or if you've heard of um uh trauma release exercises no that sounds specific that's very that's that's a little bit more close between leaning in towards the mental health ah, um side it's somatic just, Yes. Of, yeah. Yes. Got it. Um, and then there's just being straight up yoga, which is just like, <laughs> like <laughs> you and I had talked about this last time where we're like, God damn it. We yes. hate that we fucking love yoga. Like, ah, we get it. Cause so many people tell us to just do yoga. Ooh. Mm -hmm. But like, I love, I love, I cannot be okay without yoga now. True. That, that's all that, that's the being comes in. And then there's this being straight up neuroscience side, all these things that are being brought together. Mm -hmm all parts of this this retreat but um so if you're we're, we're, but all this part we were talking back at about the um the on the indigenous side I, right um everything about the retreat is like we are focused on respecting the original yes. there the, like where the original roots of right. the part that these substances play in society because right. by taking these substances out, out of their original intent and appropriating them and trying to make them into a like a party drug or yeah. a music festival thing or like burning we, man we pretty much have messed yeah. it up yeah yeah white people mess things up we we miss the point that's i a, feel like that should be the slug line of this podcast actually it's like we don't know. We're absolutely sure we don't know everything. And we, we white people, we whites mess it up. The point just goes <laughs> straight yeah. over. And yeah. and like, it, you know, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I have terrible mm -hmm. ADHD and I'm off my Adderall as we know, because of the psilocybin I've been using. Um, but it, it seems like, because that's the, the era I grew up in is watching it as this sort of like party. Oh, you know, moms against drugs and drunk drive like it, it got very villainized and I had to kind of do a little bit more like life to understand that there is this side of psilocybin and more of the plant medicines that that does have these good intentions behind them in terms of like healing and so I saw that that existed and I was like okay maybe I don't need to fear it so much but I can't help that there's this huge sense like I'm just terrified too and 
I've gotten to a point where clearly I'm microdosing on my own. Um, and I never in a million trillion years thought I would, I did two weeks ago. I did an episode about trying THC again, never in a million years thought I would, but it's gotten to that point where I'm like, I'm trying the thing that I'm most terrified of. And I'm sure you're standing on the other side of it going like, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's so oh, actually it's just the opposite. Oh yeah. There's, Tell there's me. definitely something to be afraid of. It is go it on, is. <laughs> go on. Tell me more. It's, I mean, powerful tools are powerful tools. I mean, you can't you build, you can't build a house without a, a you know, a, a power tool really. I right. Mean, yeah. and, and those things can cause a lot of damage, but they're also very powerful for building something there. Right. And I mean, the, the way I like to think about psilocybin, is just like, it is, it's like the anabolic steroids for meditation. I mean, mm. you can I mean, get jacked for meditating. And have you, have you ever been told by a doctor to meditate for your pain? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And do you really feel like they've like rolled their eyes? Yeah, like they're, like, they're internally rolling their eyes as yeah. they tell you that? Yeah. Like, like, like you want to say, yeah. Like if you were in this much pain, you would, you think you, you could be sit. You think you could do that? You think you could sit still? which hurts anyways to be sitting <laughs> and focusing. Yeah. Like fuck off. But yeah, but, it's like, you try that. Yeah. You try yeah, it. Let me know how it goes. But like, that's what interested me about your story so much too, was like, you are a spoonie. You have been through those depths of fucking hell and yeah. you take the, the respect into the medicine. You bring, you acknowledge that you acknowledge that you're like a crazy jungle white person that's come in and been like, I'm trying to, to break this, to be something that should be understood. And I'm giving you the, I'm teaching you how to do it. I'm not just bringing you into this mansion and massaging you and like therapizing you and putting like headphones on. And I, I, you're get, you're giving the power to the person who's, who really kind of needs it the most. Oh, yeah. You, you put you back in the driver's seat. Like, but let me tell you a little bit about this experience because yeah. yes. after, after my first, um, I think it was, maybe it was after my, even my second or third experience with the, with psilocybin. Um, I gave meditation a try Ooh. again. Mm. And it was a completely different animal. I closed my eyes. I did the breath counting, just like they say. And it was, you know, I would, I had never successfully meditated before in my life. Wow. <laughs> and after a couple of breaths, a couple of sitting there, I mean, just, it was like being plugged into the matrix. Ooh. I'm talking like going down a tunnel, Ooh. all of the colors behind, like being your closed eyes, it, complete like body rush. Yeah. And it was a completely different experience. So this is what I mean by in this, and I was not under the influence of any type of substance because so some store, some doors, once they are open wide, they don't close completely. They're still oh, open. So you're saying a that, bit. that you were saying that you did that meditation all, not at, during a session. Right. Oh shit. I thought I was like, well, yeah, you probably saw colors. Yeah, of course. But no, you're saying I, this but is I'm telling yes, I'm telling you that wow. this is something that you can tap into afterwards. So walk me through the actual experience. Like what does the retreat look like? And I know we haven't really talked about like dosing size and what I'm doing with this microdosing like self journey is nothing like what we're talking about here. So can you talk me through like, what does the actual experience of the retreat look like? 
Okay, so well, first, like maybe I should explain a little bit about what the what we're trying to what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, is that so? People come when it comes to chronic pain; they're coming for to achieve a couple of different things. Like there's there are different doses for different um, strokes. Yeah, different strokes. <laughs> different doses for different conditions. Got it. Like for for migraine usually the, the dose, the necessary dose is not necessarily that high mm. um, for even for cluster headaches is not necessarily even doesn't have to necessarily be that high mm. for some of the chronic pains, like, like conditions like CRPS or fibromyalgia. Sometimes it is, it can be significantly high to achieve a, a like a pain-free experience. Um, so the goal with the, with the, the retreat is to have someone have a very intense psychedelic experience while they're with us, while they're under supervision, so they can gain the confidence and get comfortable, learn how to meditate and be calm and direct that experience so that when they are on their own, mm -hmm. they can have that confidence and they don't, so that, so that they're, they know that they can handle it. So right. that it's not, um, so they don't go home uh, and think, oh, I'm scared of going up a little right, bit so that there's right. no uncovered territory. And because you're saying all of this, because it's not necessarily you go to the retreat and you're free of chronic pain and you never have to talk, do anything ever again in your life. Oh it's, gosh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Every time you have a flare up, every, like the, the process of, of handling uh, any type of really any type of chronic pain or um, is, is to handle it in pulses. Mm. So you do uh, doses at like five or seven day intervals. Mm -hmm to handle like flare-ups and like um, impulses. Mm. So no one is ever doing just one and done. Right. You're never like you, you or open a new hole in your brain. That's like, I ignore pain now and I can carry on life without feeling any longer. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> I don't know. I think I got to be able to feel to be a creative, but I would like to lessen it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I'm kind of over this shit. Um, but that's a good, that's a but what good about feeling different things, something different. Yeah. Like something different, something different, open up a different door, like yes. a different door, literally any other door. I will take a fucking keyhole to peep through like just something different. Cause there, there are many things. I mean, medicine doesn't really understand a hundred percent, like a hundred percent how psychedelics work on chronic pain, whether we're talking mm. about ketamine or you're talking about psilocybin, they don't understand it. 100%. There are theories about whether it's like changes in blood flow in the brain itself. I mean, that would apply mostly to like the idea of like cluster headaches or, or mm -hmm. migraine, or whether it's um, related just to changes in neuroplasticity, because mm -hmm. you mentioned something about you were reading a book about um, uh, the way out is what I'm yes. currently reading. And it's you know, they, I'm sure they talk about pain sensitize sensitize how your, your central nervous system gets sensitized to certain types of pain basically like you're when the when the pain happened your brain turned on the receptors of like pain 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 and it never turned off and their idea yeah. of pain reprocessing therapy is just learning how to turn that off it's not to say it won't ever go back on again but you learn how to say like okay body thank you and it's supposed to all be done through i guess talk the way i don't know i'm only two chapters in so i can't okay talk much about it. <laughs> well the, the idea that the uh, psychedelics is just to sort of lubricate that process mm -hmm. through um make, make it easier like yeah. um 
the neuroplasticity, just make things yeah. a little bit more flexible, like right. make your whole worldview. And by worldview, I mean, like as in how you interact with your nervous system, how your, your right. nervous, and all your nervous system interacts with the outside world just makes it a little bit more flexible. Right. And, and I think that that's super important to understand because Spoonies, we search so long for a specific answer to a specific thing. And then we find it and we're never treating the brain and body as a whole together. It's so ignored. And like, we kind of talked a little bit about that off camera as I was like, I'm really trying to understand too, about like, you are able to speak to, to how psilocybin affects the brain and, and the functions of, of how then that interacts with the pain you experience. Yes. Like it's, if you're, you're in this constant state of alarm or you're like you, your brain is constantly getting signals from the outside world and how it interprets it can be mm. flexible. Right. Right now you hear this constant state of rigidity mm -hmm. when you, when you take that the psychedelics can make that a little bit more flexible. Yeah. And that's the idea of uh, this book's talking about neuroplastic pain is that we think of chronic pain as this way for life until something dramatic happens, whether it be surgery, which ends up being actually pretty traumatic to the body or mm -hmm. psychedelic experience or whatever. And then something big is supposed to happen and change it forever. But the reality is, is that the brain has to be constantly changing and uh, understanding uh, signals. Different. Right. And that's, that's why we talk about, about the pulses, but yes. they, they take it at five day intervals. So you, you pulse, you take multiple doses and pulse with the, um, with the, uh, psychedelics. So you multiple doses and mm -hmm. at the retreat, you just learn how, so we give you the tools to learn how to, to, to handle it. And you I mean for yourself. Right. So when I show up, am I like, put in a white robe and like dumped into a vat of kale and then like massaged <laughs> for six hours or like, how does it, how does, how does it look? What can someone expect? Well, there's a lot of talking, uh, a lot of preparation. Um, we're mainly really concerned about, about your ability to handle um, something that is this uh, disruptive mm. in, in your day-to-day -day life in the future. Mm. So we talk a lot about how to, um, mainly because, so something like this in a, let's, let's say how it's been used in a indigenous culture, mm -hmm. it has a, a place in that society. Mm -hmm. It has a, a ritual. It has a, and that's how it is safely used in that society. Right. Uh, because there's a ritual involved. It has right. a culture around it. Mm -hmm. So at the at the retreat, we talk about a place you have to create a container for it, as in you have a specific ritual. And I'm not talking about necessarily a, a spiritual ritual. At the retreat, yes, it has a spiritual ritual to it. Yeah. Which I, I'm not necessarily a spiritual person, but at, at the retreat, it does have that. It's in that context. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that everyone going through retreat is expected to adopt a, <laughs> a Mesoamerican spiritual right. practice after right. that point, but. It's presented as in this is the weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah. 
effortlessly chic year after year. Like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? (laughs) You are talking to two sober Sally's. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences how it's done under these circumstances and under these circumstances everyone's expected to respect it under those right. in that right. that presentation because that that is how it is in under those circumstances right. but um yeah we talk a lot about how because it is a very destabilizing type of um, substance you have to make a, a container for it as in you you make a, a ritual as in like um how to how can i explain this to somebody who doesn't um you are making your thoughts and your 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 sense of self very liquid and mm. liquid doesn't have a structure mm. so you have to create a structure outside protect mm. yourself don't expose yourself to outside influences for a day Mm. so that's one reason why i'm saying like uh, taking this and going out into a um <laughs> a, a music festival is not really a good idea no so m- yeah. my personal ritual is is i have a, a day that i don't allow any sort of outside contact i have I mean, i close myself in my room i have um i have my vr headset i use vr when i when i yes. do um when I do this and I have, and I don't allow outside, outside contact. And I mean, just, it's a very protective type of container while I'm engaging with these substances that could be very destabilizing to myself that could. So um, those are the kinds of talks that we have. It's mainly about how to safely use things in a, uh, 
and incorporate them in your, in, in your lifestyle. Right. And you guys have, again, like you provide these sort of, um, I keep coming to the back to the word facilitators, but that's because I went to a med- a guided meditation on the beach last <laughs> night. That was like facilitator, facilitator. I am facilitating this. Yeah, we usually do talk. Yeah. We refer to them as guides. Um, right, guides. Yeah. There you go. And and they, they, they specialize in different things. We right. do have the 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 one from Oaxaca mm-hmm. who specializes more in like the the um yeah, she's the the uh, that side the more of the 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 um. That that's sort of the spirituality side. We do have the um, a yoga instructor that is more on the um, like the physical side, and then there's there's me that's more on this like the scientific, <laughs> the, the health, the um, pain management side. Right, right. And do you go, do you guys have like a medic there? Because I've seen what Nine Perfect Strangers did was like one person played both roles, and I was like, I feel like that's not a real thing. <laughs> well um sometimes we do it depends on the specific needs of the visitors because it depends on who is there um we do not really use substances that have like a any sort of like a like a physical danger to them um we do sometimes have visitors that have that have health um right health delicate health situations right right you know that psilocybin is known to be helpful in you know palliative care. So Wait, what was that word you used? <laughs> um, palliative care, end of life care. I see. I see. Yes. Okay, we've talked about that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think it's it's like you. That's so sometimes also- people visit that have right. that have needs that we can't necessarily um, right. That's kind of what's beautiful though, about what you're doing is like, it is flexible to a degree of like, we're not shutting the door to anybody necessarily that is in pain that would like to be out of pain. Is that an accurate statement? Right. Right. It, I think that's a pretty accurate statement. And you don't have any like burning man people that are like, I want to come. And you have to be like, this is a chronic pain thing. Or do people, I think that they sort of self sort they self-sort themselves out. It seems like they they may, might look at the website and say, oh, this might be a buzzkill. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't my style. I'm not trying to hang out with a girl who's inconstant. And, and I, <laughs> I do it. I, I, to, just to be honest, like it, it is a bit of a buzzkill. Mm. Uh, if, if that if that is what's I mean, yeah. what, what you're looking for, it is a bit of a buzzkill. Um, yeah. Stay, stay in the States. You can find plenty of those in the States. You can, you really can. Um, And how many people generally is it, or is it different every time? It is different every time. Yeah. Uh, It is a pretty small group. We don't go more than three people per guide. Wow. That's great. That actually makes me feel really good. It feels mm -hmm. like I would get a lot of attention, which I need. (laughs) You do get, you do get a lot of attention and, and we, stick strictly to to psilocybin we don't right. do ayahuasca Waska, no it's different and i think that that's what i was bombarded with and i could not find a single fucking one that talked about pain with ayahuasca it was all trauma ptsd which is all very important to have for people and i know people we've talked about that it's like they went to peru for two weeks and they they're completely different people and i'm so happy for them i was just pissed i couldn't literally find fucking anything that had to do with chronic pain. And yet I'm being told and marketed that there are plant-based medicines for chronic pain, like, you know, whether BTHC or ketamine or 
Um, I mean, that's a chemical, but whatever. Yeah, or psilocybin. It, it, it's being told to me that it's used for pain. And then there was no information anywhere about it. And then I found you and, they, and here you are. Now we're friends. So I am yeah. grateful, but it, I'm pissed. It took me to, to finding a specific place in my own research to, to get here. Well, yeah, it, it I, I got really lucky specifically for myself that, um, that my journey did turn out to be as smooth as it did. Mm, yeah. Uh, because if I would say if my worst trip was my first, Ooh, go on. I don't <laughs> think that I would have made it through yeah the full like so i got i got a little bit lucky that because yeah i i, I got lucky that 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 things went smooth for me and yeah. even though i sort of raw dogged it and <laughs> and went it like all on my own wow yeah i got lucky that it and it was a roll of the dice i got to now now with all of my my experience so far yeah i know that it was a roll of the dice and i got lucky so you're like, let me help you not do what I did. To yes, a degree. Yeah, to a degree, yes. <laughs> to yeah. a degree, but like, come do what I did, but just didn't. And, yeah. and if I had listened to, like, if, I mean, I, I do have a very aggressively skeptical mind. Yeah. And, and if I had listened to some of the people with their less than scientific opinions because there, there are a lot of less than scientific opinions in the yeah. psychedelic space that yeah that it doesn't necessarily apply to um pain medicine at all yeah. i i would not i would have been in the woods right right you got it would not have worked well yeah and and what you're doing now you're seeing what with people who come and then leave um, well, you know, we're not the only organization doing this. Ooh. Like there's, there are plenty of patient groups, especially in the cluster headache group, like have right. cluster headache space that they are organizations that are, that are doing this, mm. that are I mean, just patient organizations that are supporting each other and, um, and working through this, but mostly it's very stratified as in like, there are people that are working by themselves. Now, in a way, the way I got started doing what I'm doing was I wanted to give back to the, the people in the organization that had helped me out because I had reached out to individuals in the cluster headed community about, you know, you know, they had, helped me out with information that helped me with my headache and I so how can I support and yeah. so it started out with uh supporting people with um advice on growing mushrooms advice on supporting them through their um their experiencing experiences with actually tripping yeah and it was the most frustrating experience possible because you can't be there. Mm, right. And it's really, it felt like this whole mother bird experience of like, okay, now fly. <laughs> Kick you out of the yeah. nest. <laughs> and, and you have, you can't, or like now swim. Now what? Yeah. Like, and it was like very, very stressful for me. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't, 
I, I couldn't handle it. So it's okay. So what do I have to do to make this more mm. hands-on because mm -hmm. without, without um, getting into too much trouble with the law? like yeah exactly because there's there, there's whole that whole that yeah that whole other thing yeah and, it's all still kind of illegal where we live and, and, uh, right so um in in that case it, it's very um like it's a very well-known technique and and process that that is um has very good results and very solid results on that side now on the other side there is a there's a um a neurologist with yale right now that is doing some some studies involving psilocybin and migraine mm -hmm. which migraine is a much more common condition than uh than cluster headache it's mm -hmm. very very widespread yeah yeah and i just went to a medical conference like i think it was last weekend or the weekend before and i mean the results that she's having I mean, are very, very promising. And this is yeah. in like a very less than ideal. Yeah. You know, I say less than ideal conditions is in like they take people and put them in a highly medicalized situation. Yeah. Put them in with a with an IV in their arm. <sighs> it was it was it was hilarious watching the the presentation. She's giving a very very serious presentation, enlisting the possible side effects. One of them was anxiety. As in, like, yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm surprised the person felt anxiety. And, <laughs> and when you poke and prod them like a lab rat. Poke and prod them and then give them psychedelics. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine that's not the most comfortable setting. <laughs> yes. And and they're like decreasing the, the the duration and the intensity of these migraine attacks. Like in some cases, like almost like about half. And these are wow. like, like significant numbers. Uh, and it makes me wonder, like when you, co when you combine this with the effects of like in meditation mm -hmm. or like under being good conditions yeah. what could the what could the actual right effects be right and that's what you're doing yeah under, in long term yes so yeah. i we kind of briefly touched on it when we're you're talking about like it's hard to really say specifically like dose wise what number works for what people but what is different from what I'm doing with these literally like literal microdose experience we're coming to. And I think what a common phrase people know, or at least what I was able to find on YouTube is like a hero dose and a hero dose is five grams. A hero dose is five grams. Yes. That, that whole coin, that whole, that whole um, term hero dose was coined by Terrence, Terrence McKenna. McKenna, right? What's it's like, it? he had a big ego. Like yeah. they, they, they say like um, they, uh, that the psychedelics are supposed to cut down your ego, but then he, he called it the hero dose. Like that's a such like, a white dude like yeah. experience. <laughs> He's like, I can save all of you if you do this hero dose. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that we we do stick around around a, a hero dose at the the that five gram dose at the mm -hmm. at the retreat. Yeah, and it's so it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like, like you're supposed to need an environment that you're talking about when you're doing this kind of dose and you're teaching people to then be able to recreate that environment at home to keep like sort of maintenance and upkeep. And, um, do you, do you ever find that 
people need to come back more than once or like are constantly in touch with you? Like, is there a community? Oh yeah. There's a community. We, we keep in touch between zoom meetings, emails back and forth. Yeah. You've been Um, emailing me. It's great. It's like, I feel like I have a, a professional psychedelic doctor, but I know you don't want me to say that right at my fingertips. that that is like that is my long term goals because you know this yeah. this this retreat is a relatively it's a new project it's right, it's right. it's being got started really just right before the pandemic so we've been sort of like just patching things together since right. been getting something like that started right before a pandemic was oh, is rough yeah yeah it is rough um so yeah that that is sort of the is the goal to put together a community of being people not just me who is supporting people but um multiple people supporting each other. Right. Right. Cause I think my biggest fear is that I go and a new hole rips open in my brain where I'm not the same person anymore. And I'm speaking in tongues and I have to have some sort of like psychosis, medical intake emergence. Like, you know, there's all these negative intrusive thoughts of just like what I've seen in media or what you of course hear about, which is like the terrifying experiences from people. You never get to really it's not interesting to hear the really positive <laughs> healing experiences from people. And so I guess like, what can you say to maybe people who are listening, who are like, I don't know anything about psychedelics, which is me. I I've never experienced them in a party, you know, traditional American mm-hmm. setting, but I'm super fucking interested because I'm hearing about it. I would say, think about something that you know really well. And then think about how that was portrayed in media mm. and try and draw some, like if there's something that you're very familiar with. I immediately went to threesomes. I was like, I know how threesomes <laughs> really are versus how they've been portrayed in media. And it's yeah. never, it's never accurate. And like, it can be very uh-huh. maintained. Like there, there's so much more to it. And it's such a, it's like, I, I wonder how real doctors, when they watch Grey's Anatomy, how they feel. Right. Like, They're just like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. A, a, a pilot watching yeah. a, a movie with like pilots flying planes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's never. So, and I guess it gets even more difficult when you're talking about something that's really more niche. Mm, yeah. Like, and personal. Yeah. Yeah. And less people understand. And, right. And, and then even if you're trying to get some firsthand knowledge about this, um, it gets even harder because like, so when I started doing this, my husband was not into it. Mm. He was not going to try that. He had never, mm. he never did any type of substance before mm. in his life. Mm. He was not, Oh, and I take that back. He had tried pot, hated it. <laughs> there and, you go. And, and, yeah, and he was not going to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, what got him, he mm. got so annoyed by asking me about what it was like and getting this answer of, I can't explain it. You just gotta know. I can't explain uh. it. I can't No words. Can't explain it. Can't put it in words. Sorry. No. And then what threw him over the edge was when another friend then tried it and gave him that same answer. And then he was like, God Aww, damn it. I don't want to feel left <laughs> out anymore. <laughs> Cause he got done getting that same answer. Yeah. Cause so then you're talking about something that can't be put into words. So, mm. um, then I'd say like, okay, so how many of these people do you know that have been tossed into a psychosis? 
none personally. Mm-hmm. I, now I'd, the, then, then I would like, okay, so rewind because I don't want to invalidate the experience of people who have been tossed into psychosis because they do people, exist. Yes, I know they people do exist into like very, uh, very close to me in psychosis, mm-hmm. but it did not come from a psilocybin experience. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't want to invalidate their experience because mm-hmm. it does happen. Mm-hmm. And 1% of the entire population is going to, is, is affected by schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And that, and schizophrenia can be triggered by a, just let's say psychosis in general can be triggered by a um, an, an experience. And sometimes that experience could be anything from a traumatic experience. Yep. It could be uh, the experience Emotional. of being taken. Right. Yeah. Emotional. It could be something like, as like a stressful experience, like right. going to grad school. It yeah. could be something, Lack something of sleep, like that. It, trauma, childhood trauma, like anything. <laughs> it, it could be a substance. It could, and it could and, be a substance and it could be a substance. So mm-hmm. usually that those kinds of, um, the I mean, schizophrenia, those mental illnesses, they will, they will show up before a certain age. Right. And so I, I don't want to invalidate those experiences, sure, but sure. if you, ha- so if someone has experienced whisperings right. of those kinds of things, then that's something yet yeah, worth talking about. Right. But if it hasn't shown up, right. Or you haven't had those kinds of whisperings, right. Or like a felt of like, I mean, you haven't felt a little bit of a break from reality mm-hmm. before a certain, mm-hmm. I mean, by a certain time, the chances of you actually having that is not now, I'm not going to lie to you that, yes, having a, a psilocybin experience or LSD experience can be a lot like psychosis. It's a temporary psychosis. It can the, be uncomfortable if it's not. Oh, and it can also be extremely pleasurable. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's great being mad as a hatter. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's lovely. That's why people love being in mania, too. It's, it's, it's great. It's thing. Yeah. The, the, the scary part is like, oh, is this forever? Um, mm-hmm. but the, I mean, if you can be, have that confidence of knowing that, oh, this has a time limit and, yes. and a couple hours, right? Seven and, to 10 hours. Yeah. That? And then, and just really trust and let right. go right and trust in the process, then it can be extremely freeing. And one of the original ideas for the, like a, a medical use for LSD was using it to, to study the state of psychosis. Ah. That's how close the, um, like the, the, the experience can be the experience is, Yeah. Uh, and I think I had told you this before when we had talked that my dad and he was part of the Ken Ken Kesey further bus, uh, it, uh, at some point he was on it. He then took that. He went, he was in at Woodstock. He took that. He took all these experiences and was like, well, if I'm going to have to be in the business medical world, then I want to be able to be in that part of it. And so his job through college was to take people that were coming in, having bad tripping experiences. And they would be like, where's Mike, put him in Mike's room. And then my dad (laughs) would like help guide them back to a safe, place and, uh. and and then follow up and make sure that there wasn't like these after effects and stuff so my family comes from people that love psychedelics love 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 uh. and for some reason i got the anxiety gene the panic disorder gene the depression gene and i guess that i fear that that could interrupt my really really desperately open 
and willing side, which is like, I want to heal in a way of, of, of understanding how to heal my chronic pain and, or manage whatever word you want to use. But I'm fearful that there's this other part of my personality and chemical makeup, I guess, that could alter my experience. That's more of a specific me question, <laughs> but that I think is a very specific you question. Um, yeah. I would say it's like with, with um, that heroic dose, you're not in the driver's seat that much. I think you're overestimating the amount of <laughs> control. That That's have. actually really good. I need someone to just go, oh, control. You don't have uh, it anymore. Okay. You got, you have a certain amount of control and that's the control. We do teach you a certain amount of control in, at the, at the retreat In that retreat you have, I, you have the control, the control that we try to focus on is you have a, a skip button control. Oh, I like that. that. That is like your the skip button is when you feel uncomfortable or something is unpleasant we teach these skills where you pretty much just sort of yeet yourself out of <laughs> i love that you said that you can yeet through the experience that so you yeet yourself out of the bad that experience yes, that you yes. you like so you pretty much you stand up shake it off and then you're in a different because at five grams of, of mushrooms, you have the attention span of a gnat. You're right. And, but the absolute fixation, like absolute fixation. So if you are fixated on something and, and, and getting uncomfortable, you could be stuck there. Mm. You could be stuck there. Mm. But what the, the skill that we talk about is like, okay, you realize I am, if you feel less than fantastic, you have to have that little bit of present of mind to yeet yourself out of it. <laughs> and, and, you know, I also had this idea of what the experience would be like. And then talking to you the first time I was like, oh, wait, I can like bring Jared with like Jared can come. And he doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean he's like handholding me through the experience. Cause I do think you should be going through like a journey. You know, I'm very codependent when it comes to my uncomfortabilities. And so I lean on him a lot to get me through a flare up or get me through, you know, and I think I need to be, you know, have some agency with this. I, I feel like, you know, when we talked about this prior to recording is that people in chronic pain, we get pushed aside, we get um, discriminated against, we get, we, we, we get lied to. Yeah. And it's like, it's okay yeah. to lie to us because we're never no. going to be okay anyway. Right. And that's like, right. And so I've, it's not my fault that I've developed this. Like I need him as a teddy bear, but you were like, yeah, why doesn't he come? And I was like, Oh, wait, is that allowed? And you were like, yeah, most people do kind of come with this, um, either like a, a friend or a couple or whatever, because I do also think that, you know, there is that safety net, I guess, of being, in an environment you're not used to, or like, you know, out of the country or whatever, but there is something that would be of, of grounding material in <laughs> having someone there. But I, I want to make sure that I answered your question correctly. Yes. Like what it's like. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, what it's like is there's a lot of talking and, and like group discussions. That's like, so we have, we have like dinners together mm -hmm. and it is a very short retreat. So it's like, there's a dinner and then the next morning is when there's that whole session 
and that runs most of the day. Then there's like a dinner all together. And is everyone back? Is everyone back from their trip by dinner time? (laughs) Yes. Okay. We start, we start early. We start early in the morning. Okay. And then that next day there is a, like a mushroom growing class Mm. so that everybody's where we set them up to be um, independent once they get home. Right. And that I feel like is important. Yeah. so. So regulated where we live. And I think that's, you know, I told you ever since I've been talking about psilocybin at all, whether it be in a larger microdose mm-hmm. capacity, I get so many questions and I'm like, I don't know because I don't, I've never been through, I, I've never gone this far to it. And I think that that, that education part of it is so important to know and be able to talk about it and have, if, if there's any way to impact and it's to share and to have someone understand the experience themselves, I think the growing part of that <laughs> It's just as important because I never fucking thought about growing mushrooms. I don't even know. Uh, I love super, mushrooms. It's super easy. And, and the I grew a lion's mane mushroom once in that's, my kitchen. That's impressive. It was a big white thing. That's impressive. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and so where uh, maybe you can or can't answer this, but like, what does that look like? How do we, how do we teach people to grow mushrooms for themselves for psychedelics? Well, the- the, the, um, the tutorial is all on our website. Like it's all free on the website. So if someone even doesn't want to go to the, the retreat and they're like, really want to like start doing that, they could just go to the tutorial and go start from there. Got it. But then I don't know, I wouldn't know what to do once I grew them. I'd be like, yeah, but now I want to go with Jessica and be in Mexico and I want to take these. I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to chance it on my own. Teach teach their own, but we're, we're here to help. Yeah. So, okay. I know we've already been talking for more than an hour, which like, Mm -hmm. of course I told you I could talk about this kind of stuff forever. Um, how can someone who's interested in this find what you're doing, what you're talking about? What would you like the listeners to know just about the world of what you do? Oh, well, just go to the website. You could check it out and yeah, that's a good place to start. I, I would just say, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, just go to the website and you're very like helpful. <laughs> like I, and I say that cause I'm surprised because the world of chronic pain has been so fucking unhelpful, but like you immediately were like, what questions can I answer? Like, let me give you very thorough responses. Like it's very individualized and you made me feel like, oh my God, okay. I could do this. And that's important. What's the other, what's the alternative to that one? <laughs> like, I don't know, copy and paste a Q&A a- answer <laughs> section of, a, a, I don't know. Oh, don't it's, know. it's all a big scheme to harvest kidneys. <laughs> well, I did just finish watching Squid Games on Netflix this oh. weekend. So like <laughs> my mind is like, maybe, I don't know. Uh, those Koreans, they are really good I, at horror, aren't they? I, oh, like, yeah. This- the, the I'm not surprised at ever. all that they, they, it's like number one most watched Netflix show I think they were saying and I'm not surprised yeah. at all but it's not I don't know what nine perfect strangers numbers are doing but I will say I've heard a lot of interest and in people talk about it and I think if we can yeah. shift the conversation I would I wish there was more materials out there to watch and learn and and I think um the first thing that I can do to be helpful is to go do it myself so the yeah. goal is to be a part of a retreat, hopefully in the top of the year. And, you know, maybe we can come back and do another episode with you about what, <laughs> how it all went, you know? Yeah, so, maybe we could. 
Good. Do the do the five star Yelp review and all that jazz together. <laughs> we're yeah, we're on we're on Google, not Yelp. Yelpers oh. are the worst. Yelpers Yelp the worst. is all bought. It's a it's a <laughs> that's a scheme. You want to talk about a scheme? That's a scheme. Um, it is. Well, Jessica, I feel like we talked this a lot, fun. but like, I still want to talk more about it. So I really do think we should do another episode of this post experience. And yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, if people want to find you in the retreat, I'm going to link that below okay. uh, with the Illusionia. I just saw the Cirque du Soleil illusion. So now my words uh. are complicated but you're also on instagram and tiktok so we're gonna link that below if people have more awesome. questions you're super helpful uh confidants thanks so much for joining us this week uh you know where to rate this five stars speaking of rating googles and yelps if it's not gonna be five stars please don't rate it at all because i am sensitive speaking of sensitive the merch is online kelseydera.com and on fat catalog and we will see you next time. bye